Hello and welcome to Life's Narratives with Psychologist Mike. Michael Sisson is an experienced South African clinical psychologist, psychotherapist, educator and life transition coach. He is interested in life and developmental challenges and how these challenges impact the way you see yourself, others and the world, your inner experience and how the inner and outer interrelate. Welcome, Michael. I thought seeing as we are moving towards the end of 2023, it would be apt to discuss the ebbs and flows of life and moving into new life beginnings. So a warm welcome to you, Michael. Thanks very much. Yes, uh, I do agree with you. I think this is an apt uh, time to discuss, you know, new beginnings, endings. Um, and we've had 12 months of things that have happened to us, things that have crossed our paths, challenges that we have faced, um, things that we've overcome. We've been thrown a few bricks and bouquets. Um, but the, along the way, it's all about whether we can hold on to our experience and integrate both good and bad. In other words, we don't want to kind of live a life where all we see is, is bad or all we see is good. The, uh, the old idea of dichotomous thinking or the, the kind of black and white mode that some people get into. So during this year, you would have made um, some um, commitments, uh, whether it's to relationships, uh, to work, to earning money, to educating children, to having a pet, to being on your own, uh, all choices that have contributed to what you're about, what makes you up, and what makes you your own unique person. So for me, um, I, I think about you know transitions and new beginnings in, in terms of uh, development. Um, and sometimes the development may go awry. You know, we, we have this idea that our development is built on early life attachments, how we attach to our caregivers, uh, how effective we, effectively we learn to trust the world and bond with the world and create sort of a, a healthy space and a healthy trust in the world for ourselves, or we learn not to do that. Um, so along the way, we create uh, mechanisms that perhaps protect us from early life attachments, which have been what I call sort of faulty, haven't really been in your interest, um, but have contributed to decisions uh, you've made along the way, you know, about living your life, how to, uh, where to live, how to live, um, and who to get involved with, and also who not to get involved with. So here we are in, uh, at the end of 2023, um, faced with you know, possible changes, new challenges coming at us. Um, and, and we want to be able to get into a place where we accept, I think, that we're not the person we were 20 years ago. We're someone different. We've created uh, new places for ourselves um, and perhaps explored new places too. Uh, relationships, as I said, you know, could have begun. Relationships could have ended. Um, but we are not the person we were. I think what's also important to remember is that those early life protections, you know, the things that we've done to protect ourselves, 
we might have felt neglected, we might have felt a bit deprived when younger. Uh, we develop protective mechanisms. Do they still serve us today? I suppose that's a key question. Do they still serve a, a good purpose for what they were designed for some time back uh, in your life? So developmental movements, they come and go. Uh, this thing about the ebb and the flow, um, we also need to learn how to flow, I suppose that's the right word, as opposed to becoming very stuck um, in, in our life progression. We've got to be able to move between, you know, I can go forward here, I can make new decisions, or I'm actually going to just wait a little bit, slow down, reflect on things, um, and then make you know, key life decisions from there. Remember, of course, life decisions aren't always set in stone. You know, you're always, you, you can um, make changes, you can reverse the decision, um, and you need to allow yourself to do that. And, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying lately that they're feeling stuck, stuck in their lives, whether it be with regard to work, relationships, etc., but they don't know how to become and get unstuck. So can you talk a bit about that for our listeners? Sure. Um, I think the idea about uh, being stuck, it's, it's often laced with anxiety, with early anxieties, um, which have maybe served a purpose, you know, protected you from uh, certain feelings uh, about your life story. Um, but along the way, you know, I suppose if you're interested uh, in the inner and the outer, you've got to be able to face up to some difficulties and challenges and, the, and particularly, you know, why you feel so stuck. Uh, I hear it regularly um, amongst people. Uh, I feel stuck. I'm not moving. Um, I made some conscious choices to, uh, to exercise, to end a relationship to make more money, but along the way it hasn't really happened. So I suppose one has to then also look at um, places and blind spots which have contributed to that. Um, because if we do move in, if we stay in this place of stuckness, as I said earlier, laced with anxiety, um, we're not really going to move um, as smoothly and with the flow as we would like. Um, so what we really want to do is to create that flow or recreate it, which um, has been sort of dormant over some years. Uh, and, and to make some new memories, I suppose, new memories along the way. Because what we made up of, uh, those early memories, early experiences, which can leave us uh, frozen, you know, sometimes frozen, sometimes feeling a bit isolated, cold, um, not connected with people, uh, a life lacking intimate connection. Um, and if you wish to change that, then you have to, I suppose, look at you know, what purpose your, your living style has served you over many years and whether that style is still appropriate uh, for the way you are. You know, if you want to um, change jobs, I suppose you have to be aware of what you're leaving behind and what you're going to, um, and that you can let go of old ways of, let's say, thinking and working, 
uh, and thinking about other ways and fresh ways that uh, can contribute to a, a, a good uh, kind of experience uh, of yourself in life. Do you think if a person, say, has a fear of failure, that that is often subconscious, but that that can impact on their life and affect them being able to move forward, but they are not aware of the subconscious, um, the subconscious issue at play? And if so, how do they get in touch with what the subconscious issue is that's driving their behavior or that's affecting them and making them remain stuck? How do they get in touch with what it is? Okay, I think that's a, a good question. Um, a fear of failure. Firstly, let me say that's quite a common thread uh, that runs through with people. Um, where does that all kick in? Uh, and that it is sometimes, of course, it can be unconscious. Uh, we might say, I am uh, afraid of failing. Um, but, you know, what is contributing to that? Are you aware of where that thought pattern, those feelings have all come from? Because it's actually the, the feeling and the thought uh, that we want to have a look at to see if we can unravel it somewhat, take some of the emotional sting out of it, um, and, and to proceed uh, from there. The question about the fear of failure, um, it can relate to many different things. You know, it can be relative, I think, from one person to another. Um, but failing is, is quite a common sort of human uh, struggle. Um, and as I say, it can all be relative. Where does it kick in? Often it's got something, I think, to do with a, a, a quite a critical judgmental voice one has of oneself. Um, and if that's the way you look at yourself, of course, you're going to set yourself up to look at people, other people like that as well, so that you will end up not just critical of yourself and fear of failing, but attacking other people along the way. So um, one has to be careful and aware. The, the key thing here is about awareness of what it is that has driven you to this point that you fear failure, that it becomes obsessive, um, and that you can't kind of break out of it. Yeah, we, we're wanting a, a, a fresh response, not the, the same old uh, pattern that has, or call it a, re, a, a reactive pattern that has kind of sat with you for many, many years. We ideally want to move from a place of judgmental, uh, prejudice, bias, uh, into a place where you're more accepting of yourself, where you can let go of old things which no longer serve you, um, and can, I think, take on new things which um, challenge and give your life sort of enhanced meaning and purpose. So do you think this is, it's a lot to do with looking at your belief systems? and your conditioning over the years, where it comes from, whether it's still actually relevant today in your life, because isn't it true that a lot of times it's a person's perception of things when they were younger, but it's not actually the reality that they become hooked into. It's, it's just their perception of a situation. 
that make them develop a belief system. For example, I'm not good enough or I'm not attractive enough. And do you think a professional, a psychologist or a psychotherapist is needed to help a person navigate this? Or is a life coach also a person that somebody can turn to? Because I would imagine it's quite difficult to do all of this on one's own. Yes, it is very difficult to do it on one's own. So it, it is important that one, I think, acknowledge that you're feeling stuck, that you fear a sense of failure, um, that you um, have sort of negative thoughts about yourself, about other people, um, and that at times you've been exposed to another way of looking at life. Do you need assistance along the way? <clears throat> well, as a psychotherapist, I think it's an ideal space uh, because a psychotherapist is intended, intends, I suppose, to give you a psychic space where you can explore um, and talk about things which uh, you can't do with your friends. You know, your friends might say, hey, they, they get into fix-it mode, do this, do that, very functional. Um, but more often than not, the person who's coming into to therapy uh, is looking for kind of some uh, uh, emotional understanding, some kind of receptivity, you know, from the, the psychotherapist uh, and a space in which they can then explore some of these belief systems which have got in the way, you know, of, of progress in their lives. Um, so I think it's very important that you do seek out some help, whether it's with a psychologist, a, a psychotherapist, um, a coach as well sometimes, I think. Um, but um, I, I do think those uh, people who uh, explore life and have, have some kind of knowledge, not just of you, but also of themselves. You know, the, the whole thing about self-work, self-analysis, so that you can then feel confident, very important, you know, with your chosen um, professional person, uh, to explore what we call, you know, can be limiting and restrictive thought patterns that you have about yourself, about uh, the future, about you as a person, as a partner, as a worker, um, as a lover, many things there where you feel, you know, you've run short. One has to then, I think, certainly uh, go and unpack that and explore it further, you know, in a space with somebody you have confidence in and somebody that you feel you can flow with and kind of start showing your own sort of subjective and lived experience, you know, to, uh, to that person who can hopefully contain, work through um, and help you make sense of things which are essentially kind of holding you up in your life. You know, not allowing for progress. Uh, sometimes we can't let go. There's a whole, I think, uh, defense system behind that. And what we, what I always need to do and to try uh, for myself is to respect that resistance. Uh, defenses are there for a purpose. They've played a role. They've protected you for many years. But perhaps, you know, uh, with time, uh, they no longer serve the same purpose. And that's what I mean by sort of, uh, sort of an inner 
movement into some other part of yourself, uh, which is more freed up, not so stuck, uh, a, a sense that you start sort of opening your, the, the internal suitcase as such and rummaging around inside there because no longer is it as scary as it was before you came to uh, seek help from a, a suitably qualified person. So as we now are in the last month of the year, do you think it's a good exercise for people to sit quietly and reflect on the year, the positives, maybe the things that weren't so good for them and see how they can improve going forward for the next year? And obviously this thing about setting goals, I mean, there are some people who are totally against it and it's just not their thing. Um, what do you think about it? And what is a good way to open up one's mind for a new beginning and a new year, but without having to repeat mantras over and over and all that kind of thing, which a lot of people don't believe in and just get irritated with? I think it's always a good time uh, to reflect on oneself. Whatever uh, day of the year it is, it's always good and useful to reflect um, and to reflect on things that have happened, things that might have happened, um, and things that have affected you. You know, again, the kind of the emotional intensity, that emotional experience that you have. Um, I'm also not a big one in terms of uh, sort of goal setting for the new year. You know, those things, uh, to my mind, they, they fall away within a few days. But what it can do positively is to at least make you aware of things that perhaps you would like, things that you wish for, um, things which haven't materialized this year, and how can you approach it differently in the next year. And in order for you to approach things differently in the next year, you've got to be able to have, take some look at yourself. To, to consider and think about what has worked, what hasn't worked, why you think it may not have worked, um, what made for a success, um, and to be able to hold that thing about the positive and the negative. You know, you don't want to get into an isolated, lonely place where suddenly things are all dark and bleak, when in fact you've done, for most of the year, you've been doing some really good work um, and relationship building. Again, building connection, not only to yourself, but to other people, to the world, you know, your relationships to pets, your relationships to where you live, how you live, your belief systems, all those things are, are very, very important. So it is an apt sort of time about, if we think about beginnings and endings, and um, uh, if we're able to reflect, if we're able to take on board that I might have to look at things here which I don't like to look at in myself. Uh, at least there is some sort of awareness that uh, there are things coming up that you no longer want to hide away, to avoid, uh, to keep secret, um, and perhaps to kind of bring things out into a more open psychic space, uh, which should be more freeing and liberating. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Life Narratives with psychologist Mike. 
If you found it informative and interesting, please subscribe and share with your family and friends in order to receive each new episode. Cheers!